everybody get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis on another lovely day here in D.C., but at least we're not getting 30 inches of rain, so that's, that's a good. That's uh, Before we start the show, we want to congratulate the uh, human rights campaign. We were at their gala last night. 3,500 people in the room. Joe Biden and Jill Biden spoke. They raised, Among many others, they also gave an award to Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. They mm-hmm. raised so much money. They, they raised, did. While we were sitting there, they raised three hundred thousand dollars. They in raised five hundred thousand. No, but in the auction and the and the silent yes. donations, it was unbelievable. It was really great. It was in, great in to be a part of. of a and hour. you should all be prepared. Chefs for Equality is coming up, October 9th. It's at the cathedral. Sixty chefs, twenty mixologists, a champagne lounge. Uh, it is really going to be the event of the season. Uh, there are still tickets available. You should absolutely be Where there. Do they go? They go to chefsforequality.org. That's easy. All yeah. right. So let's talk about the show. Andrew Court is with us. He Good is morning. the executive chef at the Four Seasons Hotel in Washington. Mm-hmm. He's in charge of the whole thing. He does all the all the all the menus and the the, the uh, work behind the scenes at the legendary Power Spot Seasons. And he works with the folks at Bourbon Steak and the standalone wine bar Eno. And we're going to be hearing about. Why he doesn't sleep. Okay. Uh, and also, uh, uh, Lisa Comento is back in with us on a totally totally different well, subject. I don't think Lisa's ever been on air before. Yeah, she she like, has. Weren't you on No, air? she has never been on air before. She's always like milling around for other people. She's like recording or doing something. Well, so She's in with a great thing this time. Because yes. Everybody knows that, that plastic is, is suffocating the oceans. 5.25 trillion pieces of plastic are, plastic are in the ocean. And it breaks up. It gets into the fish. She'll explain it. She'll explain it. We're eating fish. So she's in with something called the Surfrider Foundation Ocean Friendly Restaurants Program. They want to combat the problem, and she's going to tell us all about it. Mm -hmm. Now, who likes herring? I love pickled herring. He right? does like pickled herring. All right, so. <laughs> but the chef is like wrinkling his nose. Maybe the chef doesn't like pickled herring. Well, the chef's out. Get okay. him out of here. <laughs> okay. So after 15 years cooking at his company, uh, country's embassy, finished chef Miko Kosanen, am I doing it right? Nicely done. Uh, he looked around for and said, "Why doesn't DC have a Nordic restaurant?" So he opened up Miko in summer of 2018. In Dupont Circle. The Post loves it. They Off said of 17th his menu Street. represents the best of all Nordic nations, and I'm going to be eating it soon, so that'll be good. Yes. He's tell us all about it. Mm-hmm. And does everybody remember when a cup of coffee was just a cup of Joe, and it didn't matter where you bought it and all that? Now coffee is gourmet, and the variety and flavors. Uh, uh, really rival anything in the wine or spirits world. There's so many different, you know, profiles and all that. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, and it's also so good for you. Now we know we're going to hear about that too. It's a cancer fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dancing Moon Coffee's Jamie Weldon and Scott Steerin. We're going to talk about the coffee that they buy, sell, distribute, brew, yeah. and all that. They're and, brewing uh, it in studio this morning. But first, we're going to drink, yes. drink like crazy. We're going to go to Mitch Berliner at Central Farm Markets. Uh, it isn't raining on you. That's good, right? Hi, Mitch. Hi, kids. How are you? Good morning. Good, I love when good you call morning. me kids. I think I'm older than you are. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm 70 in November. Oh, nobody's older than you are. That's no, it's well, not true. Dirt. Dirt's older. <laughs> dirt is older. So, Tell anyway. us what's going on at the market today, Mitch. Well, it's needless to say, people are so happy to be outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
course, our thoughts and prayers are with the people in North Carolina. But of we, course. we were spared here, so we're very lucky. So we're slammed. We've got all kinds of uh, things. It's really one of my favorite times of the year and many customers because it's really the convergence of the end of summer. So we still have peaches, you know, all kinds of nectarines, tomatoes, corn. Tomatoes. But we also have the start of fall, many kinds of apples. You said tomatoes. I know. I like, want tomatoes. he said tomatoes. I know, no, no, but I'm saying, I'm, I'm not saying tomato. I'm saying tomatoes like Homer Simpson. Like, oh, mm, tomatoes. Okay. Tomatoes. I didn't know what he was doing. No. I was like, well, he just um, said that. He's just blurting. I just, I just, That's right. Well, I just want you to know English is my first language. Okay, I don't know what language it is for him. It's okay. But um, we have some interesting things to so tell cool. you people about. Of course, we've got the first Asian pears, several varieties. Mm. We have pluots for your. Mm, Daddy loves pluots. I don't know pluots. what that is. That's a cross between a plum and an apricot right just came in this week they're delicious they are and delicious another thing you cannot find hardly anywhere is fresh ginger grown Ooh. in greenhouses so um there that is so much less astringent and it's so fabulous in cooking and drinks uh, don't forget your martinis. Right. So well, not only that, it's so healthy for you. It's really good yeah, it's to just scrape thing. a little ginger into your tea or, you know, right. put it on I, some dishes. It's very good for yeah, you. I just throw it in like this time of year, the apple cider's coming in. Right. So I'll just throw it in the, a, a few slices in there and it's just got a little hint of the Like gives a little zing. That's such a good idea. I love that. And I want to remind your listeners also before we say goodbye and mm-hmm. that we still have, uh, you can go to the website for our pie contest, right. which supports the local food banks coming up soon. So you can get all the information. on. Well, can you just give us a quick 411 market. on the pie contest? Well, um, the pie contest, absolutely, in Montgomery County. Right. Uh, it's the uh, Mana Food Center at the food bank here. And so all the proceeds go there. No, no, no. Mitch, how do people participate in the pie contest? You missed the oh, question. Yes. Go to the website and sign up okay. at centralfarmmarkets.com. Great. You'll get all the information, and you can sign up right there. All proceeds go to the food bank in Virginia, food for others, and here in in Montgomery County. Awesome. All right, buddy. So, thank you. Good kindly. luck at the markets. No rain. Thank you. All righty. Take care. Bye, Mitch. Have Take a care. wonderful day. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. So, Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Yes, let's get you up to the mic, please. Jamie, friend of Joey. Right. Yes. Uncle Joey. Yes, he's in studio. Uncle Joey's in the studio with us. Here we go. I'm going to sign his thigh later. Okay, great. Uh, (laughs) uh, Jamie, what is Dancing Moon Coffee? Why is Dancing Moon Coffee? And tell us the 411 on that. Please. Okay, 411. Coffee is one of those beverages that people love and they love to hate. But here's the deal. A good cup of coffee in the morning sets the day. So today, we're going to try four of the five varieties that we've got available. They are single origin. They are fair trade organic, which means that we're doing the societally correct thing. And on top of it, they happen to be organic. So they're pure and natural. Well, this first cup is very organic because I told you it tastes like pot. Okay. Well, again, I hate to tell you they both grow in the same areas, I, but somebody made <laughs> we a won't go I don't, I don't really taste that at I all. Um, so for people who are not familiar with coffee, when you say single origin, what does that mean? What does it mean organic sure. versus non-organic? Explain a been, little bit of that. There have been, Nikki, four waves of coffee, starting with, you know, hot and black. Mm-hmm. Most coffee that gets drunk is a blend. It's a blend of various kinds of coffee that come from one of two major growing types, either Arabica or Robusta. 
The Robustas tend to be a little darker. They tend to be a little earthier. And what you're tasting, for example, in this first cup is a Yirgashev, which comes from Ethiopia, mm. which some people think is the origin of I coffee. I thought Yirgashev was Yiddish, but apparently mm-hmm. no. no. <laughs> Sorry about that, although they'll drink it, too, right. no question. But here's the point. Um, the Arabicas, which is what we tend to drink more of, milder, more flavorful, grown at high altitudes. Mm-hmm. And yes, the other thing that gets grown up there is drugs. Okay. Um, and rocks, of course. Mm-hmm. But then... Uh, that coffee gets roasted, and it gets ground, and it gets blended with other types of coffee, some better, some less good. Okay. What we do is like wine. Give me a single origin. Don't give me a blend. Mm-hmm. Why? Because that way I can really refine my palate and enjoy the meal. All right. I'm going to okay. jump in. We're going to sip this. We're going to come back to you guys to, throughout mm-hmm. the show talking about this and other coffee and your whole operation. But now we're going to talk to Chef Andrew Court. Of the fabulous four seasons here in Washington, Hi, even Chef. more fabulous Morning. since How the renovation. It's been fantastic. So, when did you start at the Four Seasons? Uh, I've been here since October of last okay. year. All I right. came from Los Angeles, uh, Beverly Bullshire. Mm-hmm. So you have that West Coast accent. You too. do, and that tan too. Well, you got both going on there. <laughs> we we try. It comes it comes out after a while. Uh-huh. But so you're 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 running the whole show there. I mean, do you ever sleep? I mean, between Okay, that's not like service, a question that like really gets any sort of, of that. There's like nothing that We well, do. And yeah. when you sleep, you sleep really well. Okay, right. All right. Well, so let's talk about you come into a very well-established hotel and you take over the kitchen. How do you revamp things so that it reflects your tastes and where you think and the direction of where the hotel should be going as opposed to like what's already there? Well, it doesn't need revamping. Mm-hmm. Maybe it needs refining, okay. which is something that we've actually been doing over the last couple of years. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm coming in, putting in the finishing touches. Uh, we have a fabulous new chef in Bourbon State, Drew Adam- Adams. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll be here next week with you. Right. Um, and then Seasons and Eno. Now, Eno is not always recognized as being part of... Well, because it's seasons. off to the side. It's on the side. So right, but it's still owned by the same group that owns the Four Seasons DC, you know. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it's a revamped uh, townhouse mm-hmm. in Georgetown, uh, but it is part of us. Um, so it, it gives our guests from the hotel and the st- and general public a little taste of four seasons. They're actually having to go inside the hotel. Mm-hmm. So everything's uh, we have the same same standards we have, but it's just a little edgier, a little bit more. Well, that's a wine bar. Right. But then so I was brought in. I met with your PR person because she wanted me to see what you were doing for your breakfast menu because you guys totally rolled out a new breakfast menu. Yep. And um, people eat breakfast really differently now. You know, there are things that like you have to have on the menu. It's not just eggs and bacon anymore. People want avocado toast. People want protein in a different way. You have diets to deal with, whether it's paleo or people are gluten free or you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, it's never ending. Right. So how and I think there was a time and we've talked about this before on the show, like, you know, vegetarians used to not be addressed at all. Like you got a plate of carrots. Right. But now chefs are really rising to the occasion and catering, especially at a Four Seasons Hotel to these demands from their guests so how are you accommodating well the expectations are that there's going to be something a little bit different mm-hmm. um we accommodate in the fact that we're using our international experience and there's mm-hmm. a lot of that within the hotel mm-hmm. to come up with something a little bit different mm-hmm. uh, we have the lavender fig toast instead of just the regular avocado toast uh, mm-hmm. we've changed our avocado toast a little bit uh do, done with pickled carrots uh 
the salad that we have here. It's mm -hmm. not the regular breakfast salad. Um, well, I don't think most people think of salad for breakfast, although bowls are very big right now. They're huge. You know, I mean, so I, it totally speaks to me. But I think when you use the term salad, people are like, for breakfast? You well, know? that's why we put an E on the right. end. You could have this for breakfast. That's Let's a breakfast salad. By the way, we're on Facebook Live at Nikki Nellis. Uh, so you want to check that out because the salad's gorgeous. Tessie, can you get a shot of that? Yes, you can. Stretch your arms. Here. You can stretch your I'm arms. Hold it up. Uh, our ornery, our, ornery 15-year-old is our Facebook Hollywood Live oh boy, until gonna, my intern starts. Until my right? intern you're gonna, starts. You're going to look up at 3 in the morning and you'll be standing over you. <laughs> Anyways, you got that okay? All right. um, so let's talk about what's in the breakfast I'm on salad. your side, Tess. Okay, so we have uh, a six-minute poached egg. Mm -hmm. uh, we also have burrata, pickled beets, oh, that's uh, figs, uh, red frill mustard, mm -hmm. and arugula. And a skinned tomato. And a uh, comfy Beautiful. Campari tomato. Wow. Yeah, it's and then with a mustard lemon dressing. Okay, on that delicious note, we are going to take a break. When we come back, let's talk about some of the other ways uh, guests at the hotel can get in with the chef here. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a minute. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis and the fabulously talented chef Andrew Court from the Four Seasons Hotel here in Washington. Um, and you were getting, you've got some stuff coming up in fall and winter that's pretty cool. Talk about the igloos. You got igloos. So, yeah, the, uh, the big push for this year is just having something a little bit different for a bourbon steak out on the patio. Mm -hmm. Patio is supremely uh, I love popular. that patio. Yeah, What's not great. to love? It's great. I mean, you're in the middle of Georgetown. It's nice and quiet, mm -hmm. you, but you're close to home. Right. So this year we've come up with an idea of uh, putting igloos on the on the patio. So, so like we can igloos that like we can go into so or you just can like go into. ice sculptures? Okay. No, so you can go into, dine, enjoy. They won't be yeah. ice sculptures. Though, not so much. No. Not no. unless we really melt. get a nice cold snap. Yeah, right. it's not going to happen. So. Cool. That's, so that's very gonna cool. Be a when, lot of when are we thinking that's going to be uh, launched? It's probably the end of November. Maybe okay. the week after the uh, Thanksgiving. Okay, cool. So that'll, that'll be ready for the for the through Christmas and January. Now, what about down at Seasons? Because that's sort of your domain as well, right? Absolutely. So is that just breakfast or what do you guys serve there? Well, we have breakfast uh -huh. uh, seven days a week. And right. then Saturday is a uh, brunch. Right. And Sunday is the brunch buffet. Right. Which is so, like. Yeah. That, I mean, we're, we're. That is like when people want to go for the high end brunch. That's where exactly. people go. It's Mimosa like destination. Juices. Well, I got because we we eat pretty regularly at Bourbon Steak, and mm -hmm. uh, I mean, and you they do. have a chef. They have a great chef there. Do you guys collaborate on anything? Or you mostly leave him alone to do his own thing. We we collaborate on some things. I mean, there's there's so much going on in the hotel. We're not the biggest hotel, but we are supremely busy. So I mean, well, I mean, you're Four Seasons. This is. I mean, the you thing. have you're of a brand name yeah. Yeah. that gets recognized around you know, the world. So, so uh, with bourbon drew i mean he's got a fantastic hand on everything that's going on so we leave him to to get on with it but so, so for events and catering that's all you though that's all right? me yeah so he doesn't participate in any no of that, he, right? he doesn't he i mean he has his hands full just with bourbon so right so you do in-room dining in -room and all dining, the catering seasons, i wish i had my hands you know. full of bourbon right now uh -huh. thank you he says that but <laughs> he doesn't really up, drink but <laughs> okay all right so how can people find you at the hotel um, well, we're very easy. I mean, we're at fourseasons.com mm -hmm. uh, slash Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. um, but also, you know, we're, we're always on site every day. Uh, bourbon steaks just off the 
off the uh, the lobby lobby mm-hmm. lobby bar um, across from the most expensive gas station in the city of Washington. <laughs> Always kills that me. gas station's gone. Yeah, that gas is, station has been gone forever. When is it gone? <laughs> like no, it's forever. Gone. It's long gone. When did it go? Like uh, a I, long time ago. No way. Yeah, they, yes. Really? Yes, really. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm ready for the old folks home. Yes. We'll um, <laughs> will you in any second That's now. That's okay. Yeah. okay. But yeah, we're at 28th and M. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us Thank this morning, you. Chef. I appreciate it. Hi, Lisa. Good morning. Good morning. We're going to get to you in just a minute. We're just going to... Find out about the coffee that we're drinking okay. next, and then we'll get into plastics. Unfortunately, we have no plastic in studio right now. That's right. It's all so paper. This is great. Well, we do have a little plastic. Oh, wait. I have this. Let, don't look can, at let's this. Let's quickly can, just run down the, the, the health benefits of coffee, because I don't think people are that tuned into it. And this There's is a all thing called proven. antioxidants, okay? Mm-hmm. And antioxidants has been proven to be one of the best cancer mm-hmm. fighters around. The nice piece of it is that every time they try to put a label on coffee saying it's unhealthful for you, more and more studies are coming out saying it's absolutely wonderful. Okay, maybe that's an overgeneralization, but it's, it is something that is good for you. And so it's the antioxidants. And what you're drinking today started out with the Yerga Chef, which is high in oxidants. Now we've gone to the treasure of the Sierra Madre. Remember the old uh, Humphrey Bogart movie, Some right? of us do, yes. Mm-hmm. This is Mexican Chiapas. <laughs> it's a smoother and a more fragrant cup of coffee in that respect. It's also something that a lot of people drink for breakfast, okay? The Yerga Chef being more of an afternoon drink. Mm-hmm. Um, darker roast, and yet that doesn't mean bitter or harsh. It Does means nice. content matter? In other words, if you're drinking decaf, are you still getting the health benefits that you would if you're drinking caffeinated coffee? Sure, because it's part of the bean itself. Is it reduced? Yes, because one of the ways we get caffeine out of coffee is to soak it in water first, okay? Hmm. And uh, that's one of the principal ways that they get caffeine out. By the way, we then dry it and give it to Coke or Pepsi, and that's how they make it caffeinated. That's cool. Hmm. I never knew that. That's interesting. I didn't know that either. All right. Okay. Little factoid. And before (laughs) I forget, please, any of these coffees on Amazon, Mm -hmm. special for your listeners, FBEAST15 is the promo code. Okay. 15% off on the first order. You're just F. I'm beast. All yeah. right. Okay. <laughs> That's sort of an F you, isn't it? I, okay. I hope not. All right. <laughs> All right. So let's get to Lisa Comento and talk about the, the Surfrider Foundation. State the problem. So the problem is plastics. Plastics are in the ocean, but it's not just the plastics. It's the breaking down into these microplastics. That's what ends up eat the, what the fish eat, you know? I don't think people understand that. Yeah, Every so time let's we start. eat fish. Can we back up a little bit? How do plastics wind up in the ocean? There's a, many different ways. Everything from people just leaving the plastics on the beaches, you know, on the rivers, wherever they're, they're parked and partying. Uh, it's all the plastics that are used in the cafes, the coffee shops, mm-hmm. the restaurants. Mm-hmm. It accumulates. You know, ends up in landfills or like the straws being a big issue. They're so small. But aren't they still dumping? So nations are dumping in the ocean too, aren't they? Yes. Okay, so we have this issue with plastic. And plastic is a relatively new addition to how people package things. I mean, what is it, 60 years ago, maybe? Since World War II. Yeah. So, and all of a sudden, we have this mass quantity of plastics and no way. There's recycling, but it doesn't seem that that's having very much effect. It's it's not enough. Right. You know, and that's where the Surfrider Foundation comes in. I mean, it was founded in 1984 by three surfers who saw a need to clean up their beaches. Mm-hmm. And it's grown. We have now around seventy-nine um, chapters throughout okay, the whole so, country. So they found a problem, 
what did they want to do about it? Like, what Clean. are they doing about it? So it all started first with just beach cleanups, and it's grown, obviously, now to the and ocean. And how are they doing beach cleanups? I mean, because that sounds very vague. It does. It does. So what we do is we organize, you know, being that we're close enough to the beach, we organize different <clears throat> beach cleanups, mm-hmm. either in Delaware or Maryland, or also along the Potomac, too, because it, any waterway, too, there's a lot of trash that ends up there as well. Okay, so what... I know, but I'm trying to figure out what do people do? Like, how oh, do you clean up? We, what so, do you do? Oh, yeah. So what happens is all the different chapters will organize the beach cleanups. We mm-hmm. all show up. They have gloves ready for us. Right. And bags. And we just go and you clean. Just pick for up th- trash. We just pick up trash. Okay. So there's no going into the water to collect, do anything no. like that, right? No, not, okay. we're not at that level yet. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so, yes, go well, ahead. Well, I was going to say, so, but but you've got the ocean-friendly restaurant program, too, right. that, mm-hmm. that seeks to have an impact. But this is, that's something that you're really spearheading, right? Yes. That, so, that's what I'm leading. So let's talk about it. What is it? So the ocean-friendly restaurant program was started in response to all the plastics that are in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to keep more from going in. Obviously, it, the issue is too big. There's 5.2 trillion pieces of plastic floating around right now. Right. So what we want to do is educate the restaurants mm-hmm. and li- literally go in, find I'm out. thinking of that plastic wrap that somebody used when they came in studio. <laughs> no, just joking. How about plastic straws? <laughs> plastic straws. Oh, yeah, that's one of the hot issues right now, too. And it's great to see so many of the big corporations on board with this, like, you know, Starbucks. Right. But, okay, so what? how are you assisting restaurants negate their plastic use? So what I do, I literally go by foot into the restaurants, ask to speak to the manager, uh-huh. introduce myself, talk about the program. And but what is foundation. the program? So there's four uh, mandatory criteria that they need to meet. First is styrofoam. Mm-hmm. But for, uh, for D.C., it was banned in 2016. So we're right. really lucky in that respect. Yes. And the second one is reusable um, tableware, which most have, but for the fast casual, you know, or a lot of the other restaurants that have the disposable. So reusable, you'd rather, like, what about compostable? Because, like, you know, sweet green, like the fast casual places... Like sweet green uses compostable, all their products are compostable. Right, which is the better option. Mm-hmm. But even with straws, even the disposable, like the eco-friendly straws that they have now, right, those are great in, in in the compost type sites. But when they end up in the ocean, it's just the same thing as anything else. Well, but if they're paper straws, down. don't they just disintegrate? That's what we prefer. We really right. try to urge paper straws more than any other type. I know because I mean, it breaks down so much easier. It breaks down really <laughs> fast, but they're compostable also, exactly. which makes sense. Okay, so styrofoam. Styrofoam reusable. Um, tableware, but you know, for anything that's uh, takeout, we just have them ask the customer, right? You know, do you need utensils? Because they're going home. They're probably right. going to have their own utensils already. Right. <laughs> yes, no, that probably makes sense. And then, what about yeah. packaging? So, because that's probably for, especially with the explosion of fast casual restaurants mm-hmm. in the DC market, I would assume that's the most difficult uh, one to deal with. Because, oh, like, is. I think of like chopped and their salad bowls. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Or yep. I think of. Uh, the guys from Chico. I mean, I don't. I don't mean to call people out, but they're all using plastic to yep. package their items up, and they're not using styrofoam. I don't so, know. Is Chico using plastic? I'm not sure they are. I think they're using that that plant. I don't think so. I think so. But anyway, so what is your recommendation to these restaurants? Oh, well, there are the other options of um, that the ty- more disposable, eco-friendly type, um, like the the paper. Yes. I, I can't remember what they're called at the moment, but more of a cardboard type material. Mm-hmm. Those are a lot better than the plastic. But okay. To, to get back to the problem, there's no way at this point to get all that crap out of the ocean. No, but and we want to help to keep more from going yeah, in. And what, what we talked about before is plastic does break down. It takes years. And when it does break down, fish eat it. And right now, when we eat fish, we're eating plastic. We right, are. That is very right. true. And one of the other issues, too, is the microplastic or the plastics itself. When the algae actually adheres to the plastic... And it breaks down. It emits what's called DMS, which is a methyl sulfide, okay. that stinky sulfur smell. 
that's what draws all the krill and all the fish. They'll eat that because they, they want to eat the algae, but the algae is on the plastic. So then oh, that's how it gets into their stomach. Okay, so we're doomed. Wait, stop. I know this is like the doomsday guy here. Yeah. He's like ready, it's like he's walking over. with a sign on his, you know, the world is coming. Everybody, quick, the world come is get ending. The, the spaceship in our backyard. Uh-huh. We're leaving. Uh, so, all right. So, a restaurant, you go into a restaurant, you offer them ways, and then how do they become members or work with you? Like, what's what's the what's the protocol? How does so the it protocol happen? once they meet the four criteria, like we talked, there's the no styrofoam. Right. Recycling practices are in place both in the kitchen and also too for fast casual for the customers. Okay. Um, plastic bag, uh, no plastic bags. We okay. really want them to use paper. Okay. And reusable table. So once they meet those four reusable. criteria, oh, uh, tableware. Tableware. Yeah. Okay. okay. Those are the four criteria, mm-hmm. and then there's six other criteria that, that they need to meet. But luckily, they only have to meet three of them. Okay. So once they meet those, and that's straws upon request. Right now, we obviously we want to eliminate straws altogether, but we mm-hmm. can't just we can't do that at this point. Okay. So if we could just have the bartenders not have the straws on the bar, and then it's no beverages and plastic bottles, which applies to more fast casual, and then discount offered, which is more for coffee shops. You know? So do you prefer? So if a restaurant is going to do uh, drink service, what is your recommendation? Cans or soda fountains, and then paper cups? Like, what is yeah. your recommendation to a restaurant to use for drink service? Drink service. Oh, we definitely we. Well, obviously, paper would be good, but right now, one of the issues we're come up against is a lot of these restaurants still need those plastic cups, and that's an issue that we're, we'd are we like to tackle in the future. Okay. Um, all right. We're going to take a break, but when we come back, we'll sort of talk about how the public can get involved yeah. and uh, how restaurants can get involved. This is David and Nikki Nellis. We are going to solve the plastics problem, maybe. Uh, we'll be back in just a sec. All right. We're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to Lisa Comento about the Surfrider Foundation's mm-hmm. Ocean Friendly Restaurants Program. So, I'm sorry, I'm eating, eating Chef Miko's food, <laughs> and it's so yummy. I'm, a, um, I'm having hearing. Everybody. I know. I'm eating the bread that I love. Um, okay, so how do restaurants find this and become members? Like, what's the process? Okay, so there's two different ways. They can either just go to directly to our website, mm-hmm. the Surfrider Foundation, mm-hmm. and then under programs is Ocean Friendly Restaurant Program, and okay. there they can register. Through October 1st, it's 50% off for the annual fee. Mm-hmm. The fee actually goes to help us with any supplies or things that we need for the foundation. And then as a member, what, then what? Like, what does a restaurant get for being a member? Like, do they have to participate or do they get, I don't know, do you guys help? Like, what does it do? We do different types of PR to help them. So everything from posting on the main foundation's website to our chapter website. Mm -hmm. We meet them and actually we have them take a picture with us so we can post it on our social media channels. Mm -hmm. And just throughout, we'll do a launch, a, a Surfrider launch party at their restaurant and so with restaurants um for recycling what are the dc laws like the dc well like how does dc handle recycling with restaurants that part i'm actually still to be honest learning okay i know the answer there are three dumpsters out back one for commingled junk one for recycling and one for cardboard because there's a ton of cardboard. Mm-hmm. Right, but do they take it seriously? Well, they have haulers that come and take it away. God knows if they. I, I assume they're taking it seriously. I mean, well, we have two chefs in here. How do they? How does DC handle all your recycling? Do they or don't they? They don't. Okay, no. there we go. Go no, ahead, chef. Okay, go ahead. We're gonna talk. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. Sorry, uh, for us actually, they do. We um, do have a cardboard. Uh, separated well, because I'm sure at the hotel you're breaking down tons of boxes every day. Quite a lot. Right. Um, but when they take it away, where does it go? Well, don't keep. Good question. You know. Yeah, I, yeah. I would like He's to the say chef. the exact place. Right. But all our food uh, is actually 
put through what we call an orca. It's actually based like a, a big wet tumble dryer, and it with microbes and it breaks it down. It gets flushed straight down the down the drains. So we have no food going to. So you have no food waste. No food waste. That is amazing. And oh wait, I'm just if you don't mind cutting closer to the mic. So one of the problems in DC with food waste, obviously, and in garbage cans, is the rat problem. Like we have a terrible rat problem in DC. So does doing it that way eliminate the rat problem for like the four seasons? Uh, yes, very much so. I mean, we have very little uh, problems with that. Mm -hmm. um, of course, DC. I was reading the other day is one of the top five in the in the country. Yeah, yeah. There's the a problem. real rat infestation. But yeah, some of them are in office actually. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's not what we're talking about. That's really um, fascinating. So, Lisa, is that something that maybe the Surfrider Foundation would be interested in? Because I know plastic is your primary, but food waste could be a secondary issue you know what i mean definitely interested in fact we are actually talking about doing more field trips like mm -hmm. with profish i've already contacted them with and they want yeah and when it, yeah they want to give us tours and also too with um waste and recycling here in dc because Even actually um profish's new building which they're in the process of doing right now will be zero waste they oh, will have fantastic. no plastic waste they will have no food waste um and they're a fish vendor mm. um but they plan on being completely zero uh, waste, which is amazing. That's great. We're looking forward to those field trips. Make sure I bet. People know how to find yeah, the it's really exciting online. stuff. Well, they can also find me, me, me directly, which is OFR at mm -hmm. dc.surfrider.org. Okay, great. Excellent. Well, this is a very cool program, and I hope as it grows, we can bring you back in and maybe Thank talk you. to some of your chef partners and hear you know, how they're working with it. Oh, we, would, we would love that. Okay, great. Be great. Thanks All so right. much, Nikki. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much. All right. I Jamie think and Scott, step up to the plate. Yeah, it looks like we're getting another thing of coffee. Well, we are, but I'm I want to talk. Buzzing. I noticed an <laughs> your materials something yep. about the semper fi foundation or program can you tell me about that real quick semper fi is an organization that is Thank absolutely you. fantastic in the outreach that they do mm -hmm. people are coming back from battlefield assignments mentally and physically scarred they need rehabilitation and by the way so do their families and one of the nice things about semper fi unlike so many of the other organizations that are out there it's not just the Marines, by the way. It's all branches of the service. What they do is they make sure that those people get back on their feet mentally and physically, and so do their families. So 93% plus of every dollar raised goes to that work. These people are all volunteers. They get virtually nothing out so of it. So do the you deal. do a share of proceeds to Semper Yes, 5% of all of our profits from nice. each sale goes to Semper Fi. Good on you. That's terrific. Um, what idea. did you pour us here? This is a delicious We've coffee. moved over to the other side of the world. Okay. So what we are doing now is talking about the world of Indonesia, Bali, Java. Mocha Java is a term you've heard before. Mm -hmm. Anybody drinks green tea? I do. This has got three times the amount of antioxidant power to it that green tea does. Wow, that's amazing. So, I mean, if we're talking health benefits, we're talking about decreasing pain. Mm -hmm. We're talking about... Those of you who happen to like alcohol, I mean, David, we were talking a little bit about uh, that. I didn't say point. anything about he alcohol. He doesn't really um, drink. No, he we just were just talking about like the subject. But my it, point to you is <laughs> right. so. there is some proof that it undoes the effects of cirrhosis of the liver. <laughs> there is some data <laughs> now out there. Whoa, 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 whoa. I became the bad liver poster boy? All no, 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 but this is Sunday morning, so the idea is we've got some folks out there who might find that of some interest. What's the name of this coffee again? Indonesian? This is this is a Sumatra. Sumatra. And I can never get this one. Manda Helling. Okay, we'll go with that. And I it's knew a, girl a named Manda very Helling. rarefied um, 
uh, name, but it's a very delicious coffee. A lot of people tend to drink it in the afternoons. Um, some people just mainline the stuff all day long. I don't know. But well, again, it's, it's one of the brands in or one of the types of coffee in the Dancing Moon portfolio. And again, available most commonly to people in D.C. through Amazon. Okay. Great. All right. So now we're going to talk Nordic Fair. Now, Nikki and I went to Iceland a couple of weeks ago, and I, I get the sense that that's semi-Nordic Fair. But now we got the real thing. Chef Nico's here. He's got a great restaurant down in the DuPont area. Well, he was the chef at the Finnish. Since I've been there. You've been there? I didn't know you'd been there. <laughs> to Chef Nico's? I didn't know. Of How course come I did. How did why you the hell wasn't I there? Because there? nobody invites God, you to Nobody me. invites you. They just bring me on here every Sunday to abuse me. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, then tell us about it. Tell us about your restaurant. Okay. Uh, yes. We open in our restaurant in May 1st in Dubon area. It's the 17th and R mm -hmm. Street. And it's a whole Nordic fair. I'm originally from Finland. And uh, no. as we open. Yes. As we open, so we plan this whole thing, to the, including the Sweden, Norway, Denmark, and Iceland. Oh. And the whole world. Well, so, but you were at the embassy, the Finnish embassy. I did. For how something. long? How long Almost were you there? Almost 16 years as a ex uh, chef for the Finnish ambassador. And then I left. I started a lot of catering business, mm -hmm. uh, Chef Mikko Catering. And uh, finally, I just realized that we need to offer something for the general oh public here in D.C. Because so. they're really... I mean, you're really the first restaurant and marketplace to open up in the D.C. area to sort of offer Nordic cuisine. Um, there's nobody there's nobody doing it at all. And it's such a popular cuisine internationally right now. Um, it's really amazing that nobody else has sort of picked it up. So I've, as, as far as I was in uh, uh, 16 years in the embassy and always wondering why. Mm -hmm. There's no nothing Nordic in this city. Right. You know, you go to New York, you get something at least. Oh, uh, absolutely. But in here in D.C., absolutely nothing. And then after all these years, so now we're finally moving so on. So for people who aren't clear on what Nordic cuisine is, can you walk us through a little bit of the flavors, the textures, you know, what what maybe you grew up with? Oh, absolutely. Easy, okay. easy uh, seafood. Mm -hmm. uh because we have lots of forest, mushrooms, berries, mm -hmm. uh, and different techniques to do the food, uh, salted, like we have a crab locks, and mm -hmm. we smoked lots of stuff. But it's very simple and we food. It's not, very simple. I mean, it, yeah. nothing gets in the way. Yeah, but no. when you say simple, that makes it sound... When I'm looking at, for example, I ate the herring, um, and, then, and herring is something we should it's talk a about, because a lot of people yeah. are afraid of herring, and I don't know I why know. it's awesomeness. <laughs> but if you look at what you prepared here, it's just a nice piece of herring, on a slice of hard-boiled egg, on great... The bread is really, you know, one of the difference makers because this is well, really Well, wait, wholesome. is that on this? Wait, can we talk about my, the bread I'm obsessed with? I love uh, that Let's bread. talk all this bread because okay. there's a quite quite a few different bread. Everybody this, should come over and get yeah, some before I eat all of it because I will eat it all. I will too. Come on, Lisa, okay. everybody come over. Come on. So you're, you're talking the seven-seed bread, what yes. we make in our restaurant. Uh -huh. uh, we're only using a seeds, and di seven uh, different seeds and the psyllium and uh, gluten-free oat flakes to do the bread. So there's no flour involved at wow. all. But the, the one you're talking about, the herring, is the rye. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's the big in the Nordic country. So Everybody eats the rye bread. Uh, but it's bake. not rye like it's rye here in the States. It's no, a different no, 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 rye no, no, bread, no, no. right? No, so can you explain the difference? This is the hardcore rye bread. It's uh, like yeah, we the, do it. the one such eye. Does it wear a black leather jacket right. and ride a Harley? <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> I tell you, it's, uh, it's a very sour 
dough, mm-hmm. and it's usually have a hundred percent rye flour and no wheat at all in that one either. So why oh, do you wow. think people are afraid of herring? I think the I'm not, by the way. I'm about I, to eat some more. I am not either, and uh, I guess our mission is to find out and why. But I, I know why. There's no why? people who have tasted in our restaurant, and they all love it. Because so. most people's introduction to herring is at a deli, like, you know, a Jewish deli, right. where it's pickled, and it's sitting in, like, this milky, sour, creamy mix. I love that. With onions. <laughs> oh, my God. And it's... And it's Sometimes there's bones in it. Like right. I'm just telling you, that's the introduction. I, I had to herring, and I was like, yeah, I don't like it. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just wait. When we get the closer to Christmas, we're definitely going to do a herring buffet in our place. And uh, okay. oh. we're going to prepare uh, yeah. quite a bit more than one, sure one kind of herring. I'm going to make sure you have email address for so. that. Well, so yeah. what I'd love to talk about with you is, so you, you opened up, really it's a storefront that serves breakfast and lunch because you do have an outdoor patio but then you do this lovely like how many seats like 10 seats for dinner yeah we actually have uh, only 11 seats in inside okay uh we can uh, maybe add the four more if needed so we have 15 mm-hmm. seats and then we have outdoor patio and then uh, in evenings um we finally get the legal license, so we do uh, actually dinner right now, too. So okay. we do breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So let's talk about what you're serving for breakfast, <laughs> what people can get for lunch, and then what the dinner experience is, because it's it's three very distinct different things. It is very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, for the breakfast, we always bake. Uh, we have sample here. We have cardamom buns, right. and we do the cinnamon rolls daily basis every morning. So and are then- cardamom buns um, Nordic? I mean, are they Finnish? We're, we're, I've never heard of them. Where are they from? They are, or you just made they, them up? They, no, 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 no. I grew up with this. Okay, so I you grew, grew up with this, okay. yeah, totally. And then uh, we usually have a one or two special uh, sandwiches for the morning mm-hmm. and some yogurt and uh, um, the berries, and where we usually create a little bit of rye bread on top of it. Okay. It's kind of different. And then for the lunchtime, we do the open-faced sandwiches. Mm-hmm. We have uh, four solid ones. We have cheese. We have roast beef. With the potato salad, we have a shrimp salad skagen. That's which a great is, uh, idea. Roast what is shrimp potatoes. Yeah. What does skagen mean? What a skagen is an uh, original Swedish uh, recipe. It's uh, shrimp, uh, prime shrimp, and uh, different kind of seasoning. Okay, you're not telling so. me. <laughs> and then the like, last one, and the last one is the crab lox, which is, a, is a, probably our And you make best your own crab lox? We do, yeah. You do? Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. And we smoke our own uh, salad. Question. Oh. Yeah. Reindeer meat. No can get. No can get. Yeah, whoever have a connection, just let me know. Santa, if you're listening, what? Okay, I, wait, we're going to take a quick break. Let's take a quick break, t- and then we come back. Oh, I want to talk reindeer. I know, we can talk reindeer when we come back. This right. is David and Nikki Nellis. We're getting a Nordic education, um, or at least our palettes are. We'll be back in just a minute. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. Before we get back to Chef Miko, I want to uh, just thank our sponsors, the folks at ProFish. Fabulous, sustainable seafood. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ivy City Smokehouse. They've got Tony and Joe's. they got everything, these guys. Uh, the market at River Falls, you just heard about it. Um, it's still grilling weather, and they've got everything for that uh, right in the heart of Potomac. Mm-hmm. Central Farm Markets, you heard from Mitch Berliner this morning. Great farmer's markets. And meat crafters, and his skinny forget, salamis. And don't forget the pie contest. So go to centralfarmmarkets.com. Uh, it's a pie contest. It's raising funds for charity. And Mitch and Debbie, both with Central Farm Markets, always do so much amazing community work. Um, we really believe in supporting them. So go check it out, and please. And according to Mitch, pie R square. I, uh-huh. 
He Never didn't mind. say that one. Right. That was a Although math that joke. is actually something he would say. It's a but math joke. You All right. said it instead. So let's get back to. The, so let's talk about. You know, when you say reindeer meat here in the U.S., everybody's like, that, no, you know what? But a but, lot of people eat venison. How different is it? How different is it? Oh, they totally do different things. Are they totally oh, different? Yeah, totally okay. do different what does reindeer yeah. meat taste like? Reindeer meat is delicious. It tastes a little bit like a venison, but it's mm-hmm. a little bit milder. And yeah, then, because uh, venison's very it's gamey, pungent, gamey, you know, yeah. yeah. See, to me, venison is like what a steak should taste like. Like, no. I think it's got a great texture and a great chew. I, you don't like it. I know, I know, I do agree okay. with you. Yes. I really and like we, we will have in that. We get a little I'm bit so colder weather. I'm so glad this is not our vegan oh, yeah. show like last week because <laughs> no, yeah. we would have been a problem. <laughs> we, we were up against the wall all week last week. <laughs> okay. like, yeah. Well, that won't happen, right? Okay, so but you cannot get reindeer meat here no, in I can't. the states. No, I uh, believe me, I try. I was in sixteen years at the embassy. We try, we try, and we try. And, and is it a major part of Nordic diets? It is, and especially in the northern part of. Uh, Will uh, they not let you import it? Or? No, import it. Yeah. Oh, okay. What yeah, about to do? Is there dried deer meat? No. No. Okay, so it's just fresh. Um, it's no. Okay. Yeah. And no. what's a classic reindeer meat dish? Uh, reindeer stew. Very easy. Reindeer, okay. reindeer, water, a little bit butter, a little bit onion, and that's it. You know, mm-hmm. and I didn't see it on any of the menus in Iceland either. I mean, they have it, and they have reindeer No, we didn't have it in Iceland. That, but we had yeah. a lot of lamb. Oh, yeah, they have a lot. A yeah. lot yeah. of lamb. Lots of lamb. And a lot of salmon. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty the much The Icelandic lamb is Arctic really good char. because there's no fat. Yes, really. and yeah. well, that's because they're running all right over the <laughs> island. It <laughs> doesn't matter where you are. Right, exactly. There are sheep. <laughs> Climb yeah. a volcano. There's a sheep up there. Um just quickly, let's talk about your dinner menu. It is a la carte, uh, but there are only really 11 seats. So what are some of the options that you have there? Uh, the options we have, uh, we do um, usually just the specialties on a daily basis. We don't mm-hmm. have a set uh, beside our small plates. Mm-hmm. We do the small plates. It's always the set menu. Okay. But then we do the entrees, and we use the always the fish, one mm-hmm. fish and one meat entree and mm-hmm. uh, vegetable. Excellent. And uh-huh. uh, Profis is actually our. Oh, our well, we're course. just knocking it out today. John Roarpaw, <laughs> where's that money? Um, exactly. <laughs> because you have such a limited, you know, amount of space. Do you, uh, do you take reservations for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or no? We don't take reservations. It's a Vulcan. Okay. Yep. All right. Um, let's make sure everybody knows where it is. What's the street address? This is 1636 R Street, Northwest. And where are you online? Uh, Chef Mikko. Dot com. M-I-K-K-O. Yeah. Thank you, And we do the catering, so yes. that's also a big part right. of the This business. stuff is great. This yep. is beautiful, and it's delicious. I know. I'm going to have to try one of those cardamom rolls. All right. <laughs> really but, good. I mean, anybody okay. that puts roast beef with potato salad and a pickle on a piece of bread is okay in my book. That's what I say. <laughs> All right. So let's get back to Jamie and Scott. Um, you know, one of the things, I mean, listen, I, we were talking about it before the show. The, the question you. about whether Nespresso and Keurig and all that were cutting into the grind your own coffee and selling, you know, selling ground coffee and all into that business and what the really, you know, the really the real differences are. Some people call it convenience. Other people call it laziness. But if you can take a capsule and pop it into a machine rather than spooning out the coffee and brewing it by putting water over it and whatever. It makes people feel happy. I don't know why, but it's, uh, that's what they like to do. Okay, but how does that affect what's going on in the market for you today? If you look at, for example, your typical supermarket today, mm-hmm. you're going to see that the coffee aisle itself has gotten probably 50% covered with K-cups, mm-hmm. Keurig, right. or 
Nespresso has done very, very well on a direct marketing basis. Um, Which is kind of fascinating, don't sure. you think, with, when you talk about Nespresso, because they make it as hard as possible to get those pods. Like, you can't just go somewhere and buy them. You have to order them. But that's what makes the thing that much more attractive. It's a, it's a right. process. If right. it's commonly available, you don't want it because it's not special. Okay. Well, but Keurig is. The, uh, you know, we had a Keurig for years, and sure. I, I love, I mean, I have to have a shot of coffee in the morning to open my eyeballs, but it's mm. weak coffee. It's watery. Sure it is, but here's the advantage of it. You like a cup of Sumatra. Mm -hmm. Somebody else in the household likes a decaf. A third person, God forbid, likes French vanilla. Right. Okay, they can do that cup after cup after cup without any kind of contamination. Mm -hmm. So no. convenience is the factor. Problem is, and we were talking about plastic contamination. Yeah. Take a look right. at the Empire State Building and realize that's the size of how many K-cups go into the landfills every year. I mean, God forbid we do it on a defensive basis because right. we have to, but it's not a great cup of coffee. You're right. And I would much rather take this, which is what you're drinking now, by the way. This is the Jamaica Worth Mountain. its liquid yeah. gold. By the way, be careful. Read your labels. This is pure Jamaica blue. Okay. There's also Ooh. blend. Huh. Blend can be 8% Jamaica blue, and, and they else? can still call it blend. I got okay. it. So be very careful. Second thing, you've had two very good chefs on uh, air today. Mm -hmm. Coffee is the second most profitable beverage on the menu today. What's more profitable? Water. <laughs> it's true. Third, <laughs> it's the thing that leaves the lasting impression in a patron's mind as they come and have dinner at your establishment. And yet you've got these fabulous chefs who don't pay attention to coffee. Give them a good cup of coffee, they will buy a dessert. Check size just went up, so did your profitability. But they don't think in those terms. Some so, do. No, some I do. mean, there, it depends on the quality of the restaurant. I certainly understand what you're saying. But uh, absolutely. It, it should not be a throwaway. Your coffee program should be pretty powerful, especially if you're serving a certain kind of, a certain level, or you're expecting people to do a certain level. Absolutely. I, so what you do is start with a quality product. Take a small batch roasted coffee like Dancing Moon, mm -hmm. brew it properly. Serve it as quickly as you can after you brew it. You know, if it's been on the warmer for 20 minutes, take the paint off the walls, but don't drink it. Right? I guess that Seriously, makes sense. when you go to a restaurant, and this is typical, we're going to try and this. They serve you a coffee, and it looks gray. Mm -hmm. Say thank you very much. Bring right, me a fresh one. Let's so, talk. Wait, can I ask a quick question? So, I mean, I'm not a huge coffee drinker, and it's just because I choose not to, but I mean, I do love the I taste. Are. I do love the taste, and I do love the smell of coffee, and we've tasted. Some really delicious ones today. But how do you feel about milk in coffee? Like, why do people why do people put milk in coffee? Why wouldn't we just enjoy the taste and flavor of the coffee? Three perspectives. It's a geographic thing. Here okay. in the Northeast, yes, we drink it stronger. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we put a little milk into it. Got it. Milk, a Cuts small it. amount of milk yeah. into coffee, is like pouring a little bit of water into scotch. It enhances the it flavor rather than takes it away. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, and I've been saying this earlier today, there's a piece of research out there from the 1980s that says what America really likes is cold, creamy, and sweet. Uh, that's why you go to Starbucks. It's right. for your Frappuccinos. It's sure. not for the coffee. So right. the answer is I love the taste of coffee. I love the aroma of coffee, and something fresh in the morning is the way I get going. Mm -hmm. All right, we're almost done, but i got to ask this. Do you guys, because I, I did not go to the website. I probably should have. Do you have, like, a coffee club? Is there, like, a tie of the month thing where you can? No, we haven't started to do what, that what, yet. What? 
Big money maker. I, I agree, and that's why we will now begin to branch out. But part of the thing is we needed to make sure that our supply lines were in good order before we did anything. How right old is now, the company? Two years old. Oh. You know, know here's the deal. I'm 70 years of age. I should be what? sitting back and retiring. I had you at Guess 31. what? Yeah, I had a friend not, of mine who's not of here too. today. He's I am not, not 70 years of age. You'll be 70 this year. No, Mar I won't. Marital spats. Be careful, yeah. guys. I won't be Have 70 a cup of this coffee. Year. I, I turned 69 about three days ago. Okay. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay. She just wants the insurance. You're in your 70th year. She's angling for the insurance already. I don't know Not going to happen. Anyway. Anyway. All right, so tell everybody where they can find you. So right now, the best place here in Washington, and we are working on some retail establishments in this area, but right now, Amazon.com, and again, first order between now and the end of October, FBEAST, B-E-A-S-T, mm -hmm. 15. 15% off on the first order, which makes this affordable. That ain't bad. Yeah. All right. And by the way, I'm changing my beneficiaries to the dogs. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. So Thank you. that's kind of it. What yep. do we have on, uh, on? We have another radio show Monday that broadcasts out of the fabulous Line Hotel here in Washington, D.C. Tomorrow uh, we're going to be talking to Scott Renault and Danny Lee. They are the two behind Chaiko, which I mentioned before. Uh, it's a Chinese-Korean concept. It is fast casual, but they have a tremendous catering arm. But they're opening up another one in DuPont Circle and one in San Diego. And then they're also launching a new concept called Anju. So we've known both Scott and Danny for a very long time. Scott has been on the show multiple Scott was, times. Scott was the chef, the executive chef at Wolfgang Puck's The Source. Source, right. So uh, they're good friends, and, and I'm really Mandu. looking forward to uh, hearing what they're up to. So tomorrow's show should be really excellent. You can also download the show from last week where we talked to Michael Ellis, the executive director of um, Michelin. And we had a very interesting conversation about the uh, dropping of the DC Michelin book and where they stand on a variety of issues like the Me Too movement and including more people of color and women in their books, which they're just not. Right, that's at fullserviceradio.org. Exactly. And next week's show is going to be terrific. We have Jill Erber from Cheese Teak coming in. I'm so excited to see what she's up to. And uh, Ryan well, Rotino. not on the, on the paleo diet. Get over so it. I can just Ryan Rotino, who just got his first star at Bresco, will be in as well. So we want to thank all of our guests for joining us today. Yep. Everybody, please have a delicious week. Mm -hmm.